Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Polly Campbell, and this is Simply Said. Hello, 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 and welcome to Polly Campbell's Simply Said. I'm Polly, and this is the podcast where we talk about how to live well, do good, and be happy so that we can do the work that matters and live the lives we want to live. One of my favorite sayings, my favorite pieces of wisdom came from that great font of wisdom, a fortune cookie. (laughs) And I still have it today. The fortune said, enough is as good as a feast. And I'm thinking about that today. I think about that a lot. Like when I've had enough pizza and yet I still want one more slice. Or I look at the bills that I've just paid and there isn't a lot left over. But enough is as good as a feast. We're not wealthy, but right now we have enough to take care of our basics, buy the occasional pizza, and if we budget wisely, we can do special things like go on a short vacation or give to others who need it. Enough is as good as a feast. But a little extra, well, that might make me happier, right? Up to a certain point, research tells us that money can buy us happiness. But it's what we buy with our money that guarantees even more benefit. And that's what we're talking about today on the podcast. Money and meaning and happiness. Money is something that I've had a love-hate relationship with my whole life. And it's something I've had to work on. I think we do a lot with our money and budget it. But it's our beliefs about it that often get in our way and hold us back. If we believe money is the end all and the thing that will make us happier, what happens when we get it and we're no happier, right? Research over the years has shown that higher incomes do lead to greater happiness and well-being. For many people, because it reduces stress, right? It's hard when you're living on the edge and not sure how you're going to pay your rent. So when we have more and we know our basics are covered, then it allows us the freedom to do the things that do add greater well-being and happiness to our life, like the self-care thing, the massages and the medical care and the trips and so forth that go to our mental state. Also, not having enough or being in constant state of worry about whether we can provide for our family's basic needs is a very, very stressful place to live. In fact, according to the CDC, adults living below the poverty line are much more likely to experience serious depression. 
I've had many nights of my own life, especially when I was starting out my writing business, where I laid awake sick to my stomach because I wasn't sure how I was going to make the rent. And uh, it's not a fun place to be. But even then, I knew that I had enough food and water. I had support I could turn to if need. When your basic needs are threatened daily, it's hard to focus on anything else. And we need to help each other through that. A lot of people are on that line right now. And we need to work with each other to support each other and give to the causes that we can and the people we can to make sure nobody's living below that poverty line. But what do we do beyond that? Because money plays a role in all of our emotional health, our happiness and well-being. So are we out of luck if we don't have a lot? Are we out of luck if we don't have wealth? Can we still be happy? A Harvard study tracked hundreds of men for nearly 80 years and collected data on all kinds of things, including the physical and mental well-being. Those researchers found that it's the close relationships in their lives, more than money, more than fame, that help people sustain a degree of happiness throughout their lives. So while research does show that people with more money generally do feel happier, they aren't always living purposeful or meaningful lives. They don't always have the relationships that contribute to our well-being. So while money can make us happy, it can also leave us void of the other things we need to be healthy and satisfied and purposeful and fulfilled in our lives, unless we're deliberate about it, right? Unless we invoke those things and use our money in a way that helps us create the experiences that make for a rich life. Research from Jennifer Aker at Stanford and others have shown that meaning is a stronger predictor of happiness for people with low incomes than those with greater financial resources. So what does that mean? People with more money may be happier, but people with less money view happiness as tied to something bigger, as tied to a sense of meaning, as tied to the belief that their life has purpose and value and direction. People with lower incomes tend to experience happiness as a result of purpose and meaning and value, the experiences and the feelings they subscribe to the lives they're living. For those without a whole lot of moolah, having meaning and purpose and value was more closely tied to their general happiness mood. Okay, So yes, you can find happiness even without a ton of money because we associate it differently, it seems like, which is interesting. This all goes to mindset, right? Those results from Aker and others were almost universally consistent across the entire world, she said. Here's her quote. Among low-income people, having a sense of meaning in one's life is more closely associated with overall happiness. There's lots of reasons for this. They speculate. Um, Less money means tighter financial constraints, more thought into how you spend your money, how you budget everything. So because you don't have a lot, you look for other ways to make sense and find value in things. I really noticed this happening during the peak of the pandemic when people were not working or they weren't doing things, they weren't spending their money in the same way. So 
we were seeking and finding meaning in the extra time with our family or in the creative projects that we took on because we had the time when we weren't at work. In my case, I have a deep appreciation and gratitude for the things that we can do because I know we can't do everything, right? I understand the contrast. I remember many times when I had very little and there was a lot of fear and stress. And having little then helps me appreciate every little thing I have now. Meaning is derived when we face challenges and make sense of them or overcome them. And having little income or less income, being tight every month in our budget is definitely a challenge that many of us face. So that's the good news, right? We can still have meaning and well-being in life. And that can contribute to longer lasting joy and health and happiness than having money alone. It's interesting because this goes to our resilience, how we think about the challenges in our lives determine in large part how we cope with them. Nothing different about money, but it's our beliefs around money that often really hold us back. Okay, so Acres Research goes on to say, people who succeed in finding meaning experience both meaning and happiness, but those who can't find meaning aren't happy. So you can have a ton of cash, but if it doesn't matter to you, if you don't appreciate how you got it or how you're using it or the freedom it provides, if there's no meaning in relationship to others, you're not going to be happy anyhow. And there's a third component of this, one that goes to our overall health and well-being and one that can help us sustain a happy life no matter how much money we have. We're going to talk about that when we come back. And we're back on Polly Campbell Simply Said. I'm Polly, and we're talking about money today. This is something I wrestle with a lot. I think about it a lot, you know, and I, and I want more. I want more money. That would be helpful to me. It would give me more freedom. It would take some stress off. But as I opened with the show, one of my favorite sayings, one of my pieces of wisdom that I carry with me, I found from, obviously, a fortune cookie. And it said, a feast is as good as enough. Do we need more to be happy if we have enough to cover our basic needs? Now, lots of evidence shows that if we don't have enough, there's a higher likelihood of mental illness, depression, and other stresses and challenges. And I've been there. We have all know what that's like to not have enough. But if we're covered, do we need more money to be happy? And the answer is, while more money can add to our happiness, it's not the only component to being happy. In fact, people with less income tend to derive greater meaning from their experiences, and that contributes to a lifetime of happiness and well-being and health. But that's not the only thing we're talking about today because there's another component to happiness and our relationship to money and all of that. And it's not how much we have or how little we have. And it's not only a product of how we think about our relationship with money. It's how we spend the money we have. 
It is possible to have a happy life without a ton of money. But the key is to create a psychologically rich life, no matter how much we have. And what does that mean? The kind of richness we're talking about it comes out of seeking novel experiences, doing things that enrich our lives, and taking part in low cost or free activities or whatever we can afford to create those novel experiences. I can have a novel experience literally and figuratively by reading a book, right? That opens up a whole new world to me. We can find these in sports and music and watching movies and the arts. We can find this by taking a short drive around the neighborhood if we are tuned in and creating novel experiences. Our inner landscape can be as rich as our outer landscape. A drive through the country or a new book can feel rich and rewarding to me. So how can we draw more varied and unique and new experiences into our life? It's the novelty that really helps create to this sense of meaning and richness we experience. Those things linger. Another aspect of this is how we spend our money. How we spend our money matters to our general happiness, health, and well-being. What do you do with the money you have? Okay. So there's a few things to consider here. How we decide to spend our money after we cover our basic needs goes a long way to our happiness and the meaning we create in our lives. First, let's get the basic needs met. I'm going to include some links in my Substack essays. Those are, this is a place where I go share personal experiences, go in depth a little bit with the issues I'm talking about, share things I like that I think are making a difference in the world, um, all sorts of things. You can find me there at polycampbell.substack.com. It's free right now, and you can find links to organizations that I know are working hard to help people. If we have anything extra to share, we should share it. And giving to others, whether it's money or time or material goods, is one way to amp up your own happiness and meaning. People who contribute financial donations to causes and concerns that are helping others tend to have more meaning in their life, tend to feel healthier and more connected. And those things all go to creating the sense of satisfaction in the world, satisfaction with our lives. They contribute meaning. Spending money on things that will help others or spending money on others who need it is a way to create more happiness with the money we have. Here's another part of this. Buying things, that does not make us happy. The shoes in the moment, we might be excited, right? It, it might feel good for a day or two or the first time we put them on. But it's the experiences that we buy that make us happier than things. And this adds in the novel aspect too. If we buy a vacation or a visit to a new restaurant, if we share an experience with friends, that goes to the novelty and the energy that creates meaning and well-being and the sense of purpose that we need to live a happy life. Experiences make us happier than things. And that's definitely true for me. Given the chance, I'd rather play a round of golf or go for a road trip or eat at a new restaurant where one of my favorite things in the world is to hang out with friends over happy hour. About the only thing I ever feel compelled to buy are books or office supplies. 
they make me happy. And the purchase of small items that contribute to experiences are shown to do that too. But buying things, the happiness we derive from that, you know, drops over time. The happiness we gain from buying experiences increases. Why? Because we reflect back on those moments. We remember that sunrise in Mexico or the laugh we had with friends at that restaurant. That memories increase over time. They build the emotion we gain from that. So we might be laughing about something that happened years ago and it still increases our sense of connection and well-being, right? Think of a favorite pair of shoes you bought probably happy for a minute you probably don't reflect on that much but that honeymoon trip you took or the girls weekend with friends increase we not only feel joy and happiness and excitement in the moment but those feelings increase over time as we reflect on them and remember back you know what I'm talking about you felt this before right So buying experiences over things, spending money on others, giving to causes that need our help, people that need our help, taking responsibility and, and helping one another, those are the things that build health and well-being and sustainable happiness, okay? And I've already touched on this part when I talked about the books and the office supplies. Like, I love a good pen, right? But instead of investing in big things, that speedboat you've been eyeing, look at the small pleasures, right? They tend to stick with us and give us a sense of purpose and meaning. Consider the ongoing value of the things you buy and make sure that you're adding to your daily life, not just shopping, not just getting something because you want it in the moment. Will they add value to your life? And this is an interesting thing. Don't compare your shopping or your material items or cars or whatever it is to anyone else. Now, listen, I am not a car person. The car in my driver is 20 years old and it's just fine. I don't care. That doesn't do it for me. But I looked across the street a a couple weeks ago and noticed the neighbor had a new, cute, sporty car. And I started comparing, well, wow, that, I'd like to have a new car. I mean, it'd be nice to have one where the, you know, there wasn't a dent on the front bumper and all these things. I had to get real with myself. We get caught up in this comparison trap and think uh, in terms of price tag. Well, they have this kind of car. They must be really happy or they must be really well off. No, they just invested in that kind of car, right? I want to invest in other things. I get more meaning and joy from other things. Like I said, my golf game or a happy hour with friends. Pretty simple stuff, but they pack a lot of punch for me because it helps me build relationships and get the physical activity and be outside and those things that are part of my value system. That's not to say, if you're a car person, that that's a bad thing at all. It's about knowing what triggers that happiness for us, knowing what the meaning is for us in that moment. And it's going to be different for each one of us, but it's important to know what we care about so we can invest in that with our time or our money or our other resources, right? So buying the experience, and perhaps the experience for you is taking a road trip in that new SUV or that sports car. 
and that's part of the experience for you, then that's where you should put your money. Maybe eating out eating out isn't the place where you derive meaning. It's about knowing your budget, knowing what you have to spend after your basics are covered, and then doing the things that help you create the experiences in your life that will add meaning in long term. And meaning is rarely created by material items. It's created by sharing with others, developing connection, creating new, novel, meaningful, satisfying experiences. Money can't buy purpose. It can't make us happier by itself. But what we do with it deliberately, that is the key to happiness. This is an issue I think about a lot because I'm really working deliberately to create a life that is meaningful and satisfying, both for me, but also in terms of what I'm able to contribute to the world. I want to leave a positive difference here on the planet, and I want to share that connection with others, and I want to be around others who are doing that too. That inspires me and makes me better and teaches me. Right? None of that requires money. So what is it that I'm going to do with the money I have that amps that up? What are you going to do? How are you going to budget meaning and life satisfaction? How are you going to create a rich life and not just a wealthy one? Where do you find value? Okay. One of the places I'm finding a lot of value is on Substack where I'm writing my essays and notes on polycampbell.substack.com. I didn't know this was completely unexpected, but I have more room to kind of fly by the seat of my pants and really think about these things without all the editing and, and uh, you know, stress about it. I just pop in there and it's allowed me to connect with people in a new way. If you want to be part of that community, it's free sign up. You could just subscribe and give me a like or share with others, whatever feels right. But I'm really enjoying sharing these essays. It's a different style of writing for me and it's only added value to my life and it's surprising. So that's an example of bringing in the novelty, doing something I didn't expect to like and and I really am finding value in that. What is that for you? We need to explore our lives a little bit and figure out where to put our money so that pays off in bigger ways, in more meaningful ways. You can also find me on polycampbell.com or check out my books on Amazon where I get into this kind of stuff because I think when we are conscious about how we are living our lives, then we can create lives that matter and do the work that is meaningful and create a life that helps us to live our dreams and make a positive contribution. And I think that stuff is important. Money isn't enough to create a meaningful and happy life, but we can cultivate the experiences that will help us do that. We can deliberately choose to spend the money we have in a way that will enhance all that we do and improve the lives of others. And when we do that, we will all live well, do good, and be happy. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An Electric Cast production. See you there.
Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an electric cast production. Electric acid.